Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Watch Diary. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Ryan Snelling. I'm not as excited as I was about 17 minutes ago because I just realized I've recorded 17 minutes of this review already. I looked down, my audio wasn't recording. So I'm starting over. I already done 17 minutes, but it's all good. I'm excited to be here and I can talk about this movie for a good while, thankfully. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, at Excuse me, at Rewatch Ryan. I'm Twitter verified, and guess what? It's because I paid for Twitter Blue, and I'm not apologizing for it. I'm really not. You know, Twitter Blue, whatever opinions you have of that, they're going to get resolved. So there's there was no point in me having an opinion because I just knew, okay, if this is a bad move, if this is a bad idea, it's going to be implemented, and then they're just going to fix it. So in the meantime, why not just take advantage of getting this stupid blue check mark? It makes me feel better about who I am and what I'm doing in life. Do I feel judged if you look at my check mark and see that it's because I pay for Twitter Blue? No, because Twitter Blue also has one of the greatest features that everybody on Twitter has been waiting for, which is editing tweets. So I can edit tweets, and I just so happen... To have a verified badge now. So am I going to apologize or feel bad about it? No. Because I don't care. I like the blue check mark. It makes me feel good about who I am and what I'm doing in life. And that's it. That's all I have to say about that. Anyway, you can find me (laughs) on those platforms. And uh, I appreciate you joining me. So all we're going to do here is talk about Black Panther. Wakanda Forever. That's it. Maybe some Marvel stuff. But that's all we're going to do here today. Brando is not here with me. Uh, I haven't even talked to him. This week, uh, I just assumed that he wasn't going to go see this movie in the theaters because he doesn't see anything in theaters. So it's all good. I can talk about this movie without him. That's fine. There will be a non-spoiler portion at the beginning, and then there's going to be a spoiler portion after that. So if you haven't watched the movie and you hit play to um, hear hear me talk about this movie, you're you're safe. You're fine. I'm not going to spoil it for a while, and I will let you know probably after an ad break that we will be spoiling this movie. So let's just get into it. Um, I've got my trusty Trenta cold brew. If you've been following along, you know I've been trying to limit my caffeine intake, but this is a special occasion. I'm off the next three days, so I'm going to cleanse my colon, and it starts with this Trenta cold brew. And what else? Caffeine was important. That's how we can start this experience, because the day that tickets went on sale for this film... I didn't have Ernesto around. He was at work, and I knew that we were going to see this movie together. So I went ahead and bought multiple tickets for multiple showings and was going to figure out which one we were actually going to later. It ended up being a 3 p.m. showing on Thursday. It's one of the earliest showings I think I've ever been to for any movie, except for like obvious like early access screenings. Um, and it was kind of nice, but the unfortunate thing was that I had to work super early in the morning. I woke up at 2.30 a.m. for work at 4 a.m., left work at noon, and my showtime was at 3. So in those three hours, I had to fight, do I take a nap, do I not take a nap, do I just 
down a Celsius? How am I going to get to this movie without being dead tired and exhausted, knowing that it's about two hours and 45 minutes? Um, I decided that I was going to drive home, stay awake, keep myself occupied with Call of Duty or whatever, and I was going to minimally give myself some caffeine. And I did that. And it worked, thankfully. I didn't go to the movie Dead Tired. I went to the movie Excitable. And uh, it was nice. I, I guess I did have a mini... I didn't have a nap. I had a shut-eye sesh. Or just a, a shut-eye sesh, no nap. Uh, but it worked out. So I'm very uh, pleased and happy about that. And my 3 p.m. theater showing was great. Because it wasn't crowded. But it was also the people that wanted to be there. It was the Marvel fans that were going to be there. And it was very nice. Um, it wasn't overly excitable. This movie also isn't overly excitable. It's it's a movie about grief. And the tone is very serious for the most part. So it's not like there are moments... There are definitely moments where it is rousing and happy and nice. But at the same time, too, it's not like, like fan service a minute. The way that like, Spider-Man No Way Home is. So it was a respectful, nice, but enjoyable theater experience that I had. Um, and I, I really appreciated it. Uh, but anyway, and it was cool too, because the showing that I had um, had already bought but wasn't going to, I gave to a couple of coworkers, and so that was nice. And I'm glad that they got to see it too. But anyway, I had an enjoyable experience um, in the theater, for sure. And I wasn't tired. So this the thing about this movie... Um, cause I, I have been reading some of the criticisms and I, I'm here to say, I, I don't, this movie had an impossible task ahead of it. It's not every day that you lose your main actor and your main character and you're kind of forced to pick up the pieces. I mean, if you want to make another Black Panther movie, you're forced to pick up the pieces and, and make a story out of it. That's going to be profound and affecting and satisfying to an audience. I mean, it's an impossible task. Making a blockbuster movie, making any movie is hard enough, but when you add all this other stuff to it, it's it's next to impossible. Uh, when it comes to recasting T'Challa, I get that people feel that way because T'Challa as a character is, is very important to Marvel... It's fandom, the culture, to the first. T'Challa is an incredibly important character, and I understand that. But I don't think we thought far ahead enough with that because if an actor came in and played T'Challa as is, and we just recasted him, then we'd just be having the conversation about how that actor either did emulate Chadwick Boseman, but also like too much. Or he wouldn't have done it at all, and we would be... I mean, I think that would be a bigger sin. And would it be the that actor's fault? No. But it would be a bigger sin, I think, if you recasted T'Challa and it didn't work, than if you figured out how to tell a story without him entirely. So, the approach that this movie has is exactly what I think they should have done. Because it was a... This movie is a moment... It's for the actors, it's for the audience, and it's for the story, and it's important to go through that loss, I think. And it's important to go through that grief. I mean, this is coming from, like, the biggest leftovers stand. It's important to feel everything. 
And if you put out the movie the way that they did, it's completely unique to any other Marvel movie. It's um, it's a I think it's very much a communal thing. Um, the way that Spider-Man No Way Home is communal because it, I think it bridged gaps and brought a comic book movie or movie fandoms from different generations together to enjoy something together. And that's why it's as big as it is. This is a movie for Marvel fans that love Marvel. This is for people that love Chadwick Boseman. And I, I just think that it's it's um important and i'm probably going to say that movie a lot i run the risk of calling it important a lot but um that's okay uh so what they ended up doing their approach was i think the safest cuz it needed to be safe it's not it wasn't a problem that it went the safe route in this regard in particular um and it's already hard enough too to be like hey Letitia Wright <laughs> Take this movie over from Chadwick Boseman. I mean, uh, talk about impossible tasks. But that that's the thing that I think Wakanda Forever, it, I think, reinforces what was so great and strong about that first movie. Now, does it have flaws the way that the first movie does? Yes. Did the first movie, though, just come out the gate nailing it? Yes. In a way that I don't think this movie does. This movie doesn't come out and just nail it. But again, it's completely different DNA altogether. It's almost hard to compare them. But this movie doesn't just nail it the way that the first one did. But at the same time, it reinforces everything that we had. Black Panther had an incredible cast. It had an incredible director. It had wonderful production design and costume design. It was so imaginative. Wakanda is a happy place, I think, for a lot of people. And again, it, it has all of that, and that's all there. I mean, the foundation was built solid, 100%. Uh, I think the, the weaknesses that the first movie has, this movie also has. You know, the, that first movie, there's just times when I don't think it looks good. Certain parts of the original look good, and some don't. There's parts of this movie that look really good, even better than the original, and there's things that don't look good. Um, it's easy to forgive and easy to not digest in the same way. Like when you watch it at home, it's completely different. I feel like uh, when I watch Wakanda Forever at home, I'm going to be able to be more nitpicky in terms of the visual, uh, the CGI and everything. But at the same time, too, I mean, I feel that with everything. I mean, every movie I can look at a shot and be like, that's not done. They could have done this. They could have done that. And I get that. Uh, audiences are just a little bit more sophisticated. But I mean, it's... It's not any bigger sin than any other Marvel movie at the end of the day. And so and I think the Marvelness is actually kept at a minimum uh for the most part. I mean, there, it's not fan servicey. I mean, are there aspects to this movie where it just maybe feels like it's setting up for something down the line? Of course. And that's how every Marvel movie is nowadays. But at the end of the day, I think we're looking and talking about a top 3 phase 4 story easily. You know, I, I off the top of my head, I think top three would be No Way Home, Shang-Chi, and Wakanda Forever. And those movies are just very different. And uh, so your mileage may vary. But, I mean, I think we're talking about a contender here for best movie of Phase 4. Because I think for the most part, as impossible of a movie this was to make, I think it, I think it did check a lot of boxes. Um, and it, it definitely could have been a lot worse. Now... Is it great? 
to review a movie and be and be like, oh, it could have been a lot worse. A plus, yes. Uh, that's not how I want to do this. But let, so let's get into it a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I think the strongest part of this movie was the foundation that the original movie set, but also the performances. Hands down, these actors' performances were the best part of this movie. And it just carried us through the things that we may or may not like. It carried us through them. And talk about the culture of this movie. I mean, Black Panther obviously established... I mean, one of the biggest box office uh, movies of all time. When I'm sitting there, I'm watching... um, the story, you know, because growing up, especially when I got into this podcast game, it was a lot of talk where Hollywood, it, it kind of had come out more and more that Hollywood didn't have confidence in black audiences supporting a movie or Latino audiences supporting a movie. So that's why, you know, so many stories are, you know, led. And, and I don't want to go down that road um, entirely. I just want to celebrate it. So the fact that this movie bridged culturally these two cultures and it was led. By two no-names. I mean, do Marvel fans love Letitia Wright as Shuri? I think so. I mean, I do. I love Shuri. She was one of my favorite aspects of the original Black Panther. And, you know, she, not a big role in Infinity War, but I've always loved Letitia Wright as Shuri. Do I know Letitia Wright from anything else? No. I have not seen, I don't think, any of her other work. It's off the top of my head. Um. So the fact that this movie is led by two absolute no-names and bridges these cultures together. I mean, it's a, that's an incredible... It's incredible. And I, I loved that aspect to it because it was so... I just think it was so interesting and engaging. And again, it was special in the way that I think Marvel knew that the original was special. It's just doing things that no other movies have the guts to do. And I really, really appreciate that. I mean, there, And there's a lot going on with this story. There's a lot of story. In this movie. I mean it's two hours. Almost two hours 45 minutes. It's almost 30 minutes longer than the original. So this movie has a lot going on. And there's I think one part of the movie. That's almost entirely unnecessary. unnecessary. And then there's an aspect of the movie. That's definitely like a linchpin to the plot. But kind of gets weaker as it goes along. And I don't know how I feel about that. But I think when. Outside of those two observations. I think. This movie is exactly what I wanted and what I needed it to be. So is it is it more toned down? Is it more dour? Is it honestly more miserable? Yeah. But I think it's important to feel everything when you watch. Like, it, it, it's important to feel everything. And the fact that this movie allowed us to grieve the way that it allowed the actors to grieve and the characters to grieve... I just think we had to do that. We had to tell the story. And we had to tell these actors and these characters' story. And I think it's really important. I remember where I was when I found out that Chadwick Boseman had passed. Um, I was at work. And it was told to me by somebody who I don't think is like a big Marvel fan. I think they just knew consciously who this actor was. Like I don't even think she knew the actor's name, Chadwick Boseman. I think she just knew him and his face and knew that he played Black Panther. And she just kind of like tossed out, oh, Black Panther died. And I, it didn't cross my mind that Chadwick Boseman had passed. So I immediately went to, like, are you talking about the movie? Because no, he killed Killmonger. or Because I don't think Infinity War had come out yet. I can't remember. Yeah, it had. It had. Cause the, so I was like, are you talking about Thanos' snap? 
and uh, it was confusing. Sometimes, like, big comic book stories kind of make headlines, and, you know, with Twitter, you can see anything. So, I didn't quite get it, but no, she was like, no, the actor who played Black Panther has passed. Um, So, I remember that day at work, and uh, it was incredibly sad. And that night, after I left work, I watched Black Panther with Ernesto. At the time, Ernesto hadn't, I don't think, seen any Marvel movies. Um, Because watching Black Panther with him started this whole thing where we watched basically every superhero movie after X-Men, the original X-Men. So we watched Black Panther together the night that Chadwick Boseman had passed. Um, So that's why I thought it was also nice to watch the second one with him in theaters. Because he didn't get to see the first one in theaters. But, um... I was very sad. I mean, in you know, a couple of projects have come out with him since then, and um, so those have been you know moments for me. But what an incredible talent! And I didn't expect to grieve and be as sad as I was when I watched this movie. But I mean, I think if you are care about any of this at all, you will grieve. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't grieve over every every actor that means something to me. You know. Uh, Today, at the time of this recording, I just found out that Kevin Conroy passed. And uh, Kevin Conroy is the Batman that got me into Batman. It wasn't Michael Keaton. And whenever I read a Batman comic, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice. And so that meant a whole lot to me, too. Um, I'm just not one to, I think, I think some people overly react um to things like this but Chadwick Boseman I think I mean he meant so much to so many people and uh he's one in one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite characters and I I, again that's why I have to double down and say like this movie does exactly what I think it needed to do was um get us through the story and have these characters navigate have Wakanda navigate through this geopolitical I mean I thought I was watching Tom Clancy at some points and I think this movie is a good example, too. I mean, one of the things that we love to talk about with Marvel is how it captures, um, it diversifies and goes into different genres. So in terms of being like more of a genre film, uh, I think it's more of like Winter Soldier than it is, I don't know. What I'm trying to think of a Marvel movie that kind of acts like it's, a, but it's not really. Um, I don't know. But it's definitely on the Winter Soldier spectrum in terms of like, this movie actually is this genre uh, as opposed to just kind of being marvel in a genre costume if that makes sense uh for lack of a better understanding of that um and also at the same time this is a brilliant fantasy film i mean when you look at the culture and the mythology and the biblical tale that this is pulling from i mean this you've got namor flying around with wings on his feet and you've got um talican and it comes from atlantis of course but talican and the mind, all, all this cultural stuff. I mean, it's, but it's also fantasy. Um, when you have Wakanda fight, it's crazy. I mean, there's things that take place on the screen that I couldn't believe it. And I mean, just my 10 year old self would lose their mind. And uh, so it's, it, it's got wonderful fantasy aspects to it as well. And it, as in, in the geopolitical stuff, I mean, that's just my kind of movie. That's the kind of boots on the ground Marvel that I respond to more so. And so I think it captures my imagination a lot more than some people. 
Um, and I think that's one thing that Phase 4 has taught us more than ever, is that just now, more than ever, there's Marvel stuff that isn't for everybody. Uh, but this one is for me. Um, because I just I enjoyed what it was doing with the story while also being miserable. Now, I saw some of the criticism going in that there's like parts that just like drag. I don't think that I ever thought anything dragged. I think I thought the, I thought the tone was consistent throughout. Um, so I was I was managing the myself through the tone the entire time. So was there stuff that I thought was unnecessary? Sure, but I mean, I was emotionally invested, and I don't know how you can't be. And so I I was so invested through the movie that it was hard to decipher. I wasn't watching it with a, a critical eye. So it's only now, you know, almost twenty four hours later that I can talk about things that I don't think worked. And, you know, when I watch it at home, sure. But at the end of the day, I thought that the tone and everything was fairly consistent and I never felt that it was dragging on. And, um, I thought it was powerful. I thought it was very powerful, very weighty. And ultimately at the end of the day, I really appreciated, uh, I really appreciated what Kugler and company were able to do and what Kevin Feige and Marvel were able to do. Cause I think this was a movie that we just needed. Um, as fans who have been invested in this and as people who may be like questioning the quality of Marvel, the quality of this movie I thought was high. Um, I, I don't think it, it really answers what phase four is, but at the same time, there's just too much to do. I, I, it, I don't think it was ever, on Wakanda Forever to to give us any more insight as to what Phase 4 has been doing. So I, I never went in with that expectation. So the fact that it didn't do it, it doesn't bother me at all. I just, I was never going to put that on this movie. Um, and so I think that's really all that I have to say in the non-spoiler portion. Uh, as a fan of movies, there's a lot of stuff in here that you don't see, you don't just see in any other movie. And I thought as a blockbuster, I thought it was a mature blockbuster. And I thought the weaker moments were probably when it just had to be the most to Marvel. But at the same time, I think at the end of the day, every movie, I'm sorry, every Marvel project has to be a little Marvel. It really does. Um, the, the humor was organic and it's also minimal. I mean, there's not a lot of times when I laughed and I really appreciated that. I mean, it's definitely a palate cleanser after Thor Love and Thunder. It really is. Uh, but I thought it was organic. I mean, it doesn't just hit the brakes in a scene just to make a joke at any point. And I love that. And also, I will say too, and it's not this is non-spoiler. But one thing I will say, and I'm so proud. I went into this movie saying two things. Or one thing in my preview last week. I needed it to have better CGI. For the most part, I think it did. So it succeeded. So I was worried. But it does have weak CGI, but it's better. And visually, the entire movie is better and good looking. But the other thing I didn't even really think about, because I thought maybe there was a way that they could do this, but I'm glad that they didn't. They did not attempt to recreate Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa at any point. And I'm so glad they didn't. I thought I would be watching this movie and out of nowhere, I don't know, they pull, they come out of the Chadwick Boseman or Marvel archives and pull a line of dialogue. The Chadwick Boseman recorded for an episode of What If, but 
never made it or it was cut or whatever, but they, hey, but they could use it for this. They never did that. And I'm so glad. They never tried to recreate Chadwick Boseman's appearance or representation ever. And I'm so thankful. This was about Wakanda. This was about Tena Cuerta. I, I don't think I said it. I mean, I talked about the performances, but I mean, he was incredible. And he was scary. There's parts of this movie that genuinely terrified me, where I didn't know what was going to happen. And I thought that the Talacan company and Tena Cuerta, they were scary at times. And uh, I thought he was awesome. I mean, consider me a fan. The fact that this movie was led by these two no-names is incredible to me. Uh, just just kicked open the door and just crushed it, I think, all around. Um, yeah, this movie was scary at parts, and it gutted me at parts, and you know, made me happy at parts, and shocked me. There's a lot of spoilers, a lot of twists and turns throughout this movie, guys. Lots of twists and turns. Um, so if you haven't seen it at the time that you're watching and listening to this, stay off of social media. That's all I can say. Um, and make sure you stay through the mid credits. That's all I'll say. Mid credits. Anyway, so I'm going to take a break and we'll get into spoilers and, uh, that'll do it for this, this Wakanda forever sesh. I'll be right back. Every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, welcome back. So let's talk some spoilers, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, shall we? Um, again, a lot of twists and turns, but let's just go straight to this mid-credit scene. You know, I listened to the Big Picture podcast. It's a Ringer podcast, Sean Finnessy, Amanda Dobbins. And I don't like to react to reactions. And I don't like, well, sometimes I criticize the critics. And I, I want to use this as a jumping off point. Because they talked about this mid-credit scene with uh, Van Lathan. And they suggested that this end-credit scene should have just been the movie. That basically the movie should have just been about the son of T'Challa. And insert this into the... And I, I just heavily disagree. Again, the the... The approach that this story had when it came to these characters had to deal with this loss and this culture has to deal with this loss while facing its biggest threat to date, that's the movie. And when you when you add a kid into it, I mean, I, I don't think the kid stuff has worked in Marvel so far. I mean, I think the kids in Multiverse of Madness and WandaVision, I think they're awful. Uh, I don't think America Chavez really served Multiverse of Madness. I mean, she's the plot engine that gets you from multiverse to multiverse, but I feel no connection to her whatsoever. I think the kid stuff in Marvel is not nailing it. So to make this movie about that, I think would have been a mistake. And I think that this scene answers at the end of the day for the audience how we can bring T'Challa and Black Panther back. And that's through generational legacy. 
And I think that that is smart. And again, I think this movie did exactly what I think it should have done at the end of the day. And I watched that scene and cried my ass off. Just lost my mind. Um, and, it, and it was also happy. It made me happy. And Letitia Wright, I think, crushes it in that moment too. I just can't imagine what it must have been like as these actors who were all friends with Chadwick to go through some of these scenes. I mean, that's what I was really thinking about. And that's why I think it was so powerful and why I was grieving the way that I was. I mean, it, it my heart wanted to explode for everybody, you know, the entire time. Angela Bassett, too. I mean, she was um, incredible. And I, another thing that they said on the podcast, and then I'll stop talking about the big picture, is that they said that the... Um, this family, they're like the Kennedys. I mean, it's like a cursed political family. And the death of Ramonda shocked me to my core. And I, and I think it also made those moments with Shuri and dealing with... I mean, she was already dealing with loss, but she then had to deal with vengeance. And I thought the moments between her and Killmonger were especially powerful. And I'm smiling because me and Jay, going all the way back, used to laugh at all the fans who wanted Killmonger to come back, who wanted Killmonger to come back as a Black Panther, and leave. like all that stuff was a joke. And I always thought that. And guess what this movie did? This movie brilliantly found a way to bring Killmonger back, but also, again, do it the exact way that I would have done it. I mean, I know that that's not... Like, why this movie is great. This movie's not great because it did what I thought they should have done. I just so, like, I just think there was a lot less personal bias. I was always trying to be objective in terms of, hey, this is how I think this movie should navigate the situation. But if they don't, it's okay. Like, I had an open mind. But again, I think it just speaks to how smart Ryan Coogler is. Is that he heard the fans, but also did it in the best way for the story. And I think dealing with that worked. But also, and, and again, the way that the movie sets up and just gets right into the death of T'Challa. I mean, I we were just we were just rolling. And I didn't know how they were going to depict it. And there was also just very, you know, it, they, they brought in the real world aspect. Which was that Chadwick Boseman kept this illness hidden from the world. And it was a shock to them all. And they addressed that in the film as well, which I also thought was smart because it caught the characters off guard the way that it caught audiences off guard. So again, all that stuff I think is exactly how they should have done it and it worked. And there's going to people, there's people that don't think that and I get it and that's fine. But I thought it was just the best way to handle all of it. But the death of Ramonda was especially hard as well. I don't know visually I think it came across in the best way. Uh, there was a couple of times, I think any of like the, a lot of the action beats and stuff, I think a lot of them were awkward because the tone was unique. Um, it wasn't like a rock'em sock'em, you know, fight, rock and roll fight scene at any given point. I mean, there was so much drama and tension built in. And so I think the stakes were all there. The stakes and the character work and everything. I thought all of that was there and that worked. But it also came across unusual uh, visually at some points. And so I, I'm going to have to see some of those moments again, uh, to really understand it. I think, um, cause the tone of this movie, it took a lot of, it's going to take a lot of getting used to, you know, I, I think that the tone is going to reveal itself. I, I think when people start talking more and more about this, the tone of it is what's going to reveal the flaws more than anything. 
because people are just simply probably not going to respond to the tone of it. And that's why they're going to be able to nitpick every single little thing. Uh, if people do have a problem with it, I think at the time of this recording, I think we're in the low eighties on rotten tomatoes. Let me check real quick. Um, at the time of this recording being the day after the movie, or I'm sorry, the day the movie came to. So we're at 84 with a 94% audience score. Uh, but there's definitely going to be haters the way that there's haters, um, and everything. But, um, so the, the, I think the part that was almost just absolutely unnecessary was everything with, uh, Everett Ross. I mean, I, I just don't think Martin Freeman had anything to do. And I like Martin Freeman a lot. Um, but there, there really just wasn't anything to that. I mean, did it add to the geopolitical nature of it? Sure. It, it's, you know, the a- American aspect, but ultimately it kind of didn't matter. And, um, so the other thing that I, I liked, but don't think it had a whole lot of, and it definitely didn't get any better. Was Riri Williams as Ironheart? Um, you know, the movie introduced her, I think, in the best way. She was kind of like the linchpin to the entire plot, um, but I don't think there was a whole lot of follow through, and I don't think they kind of kept her interesting in any way. I think her introduction was fun and the way that, you know, I thought it was going to be as fun as watching, you know, Robert Downey Jr. recruiting Spider-Man. And, you know, the Black Panther was introduced in this way in another movie in Civil War. Ironheart definitely didn't get the Black Panther or Spider-Man treatment like they did in Civil War, if that makes sense. So it was one of the weaker introductions to a character that Marvel's probably ever done, even though I liked... Uh, Dominique or Dominic Thorne a lot in the role. Um, so I obviously had never seen her before. So I, I did enjoy her. I just don't think the story ultimately um, proved that they needed her. Uh, though she was fun to watch. Uh, but at the end of the day, everything else, I mean, this movie is long and it goes on for a while. And, but at the end of the day, I mean, it just came down to the tone. I was, there's a lot of story and I was enjoying all of it. And the character arcs, I mean, it serves so many characters, I think, well. I really do. So there's going to be the people that come out and say it should be shorter. There's going to be people that come out and say that. I, I think the tone justifies it. And I, I think at the end of the day, it, this kind of stuff just gets comes down to, like, what are we used to? It's all, it's, we, we compare so often, what are we used to in Marvel? And so I'm, I'm on the side of, like, I'm actually praising this for being and feeling different. This movie feels different. Um, than most movies I watch ever um, at all compared to how it feels different as a Marvel movie. And I commend that. I mean, I, ca- I commend everything that's different about this movie um, that's unique to this movie. For the most part, I, I really appreciate. So, but everybody's mileage is going to vary. I get why I think over time people are going to turn on this, but I th- like at the end of the day, I think that it did it was so hard to make this movie. It's so hard to make any movie. It's so hard to do this too. And I think this movie deserves to be more than anything, just commended. And, um, I love the story. I love Shuri becoming black Panther. I really do. I think, I think that's a valid thing to discuss and a valid thing to take issue with is how she got there. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm kind of like Shuri. I kind of scoff at tradition at times, so I, I at the end of the day, I, that decision I think again, it's fine, and I loved it. 
and it made me happy. And Letitia Wright, I think, is incredible. Um, Tino Cuerta, I think he's a killmonger. I think I, I can't remember if I said this in the deleted portion of the podcast or the non-spoiler, but I mean that I think he is one of the most interesting, most charismatic, most well acted, well written um, villains in the MCU. He's awesome, awesome, and I can't wait to see more. I can't wait to see more Namor. Just so sick. And uh, I'm also very shocked that they didn't really do anything with him being a mutant. I think they only said it once, and then they just blew right past it. And they it, they never got Marvel about it. They didn't play the X-Men animated series riff behind it. They didn't shove it down your throat. They didn't go on and on about him being a mutant. And um, I really like that, too. So I think... As this movie, as I think more on it, and we can actually assess the entirety, the entire picture uh, the, of the MCU right now, I think this is um, a standout film. It doesn't nail it the way that I wanted it to, the way that the original movie did. But uh, there's a lot to enjoy and a lot to love. And uh, you are going to grieve. No doubt about it. Uh, I think that that's probably all I got for now. There's definitely going to be more what kind of forever talk after it comes out. I'm sure me and Brando will talk about it. Maybe me and somebody else will talk about it. Who knows? Uh, but that's all I got for you right now. I'm going to eat breakfast and finish my laundry and uh, think more about this and enjoy my next three days off. Maybe I'll go see it again. I've got time. Give me a chance to maybe see it with a different kind of theater and maybe observe it from a different lens. So, But this is my first initial reaction uh, to the movie, and um, I think it deserves a lot of credit. With that said, guys, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rewatch Ryan. Of course, if you're listening to this in podcast form, subscribe to the Rewatch Ryan YouTube channel. I would greatly appreciate that. And um, that's all I got for you. Thank you so much, guys. Have an amazing weekend. And uh, if you're on YouTube, let me know what you think of what I said about this film. I appreciate it. I'll see you on the next one. Bye bye.